Hi, and welcome to Financial Planning Explained. I'm your host, Mike Menninger, Certified Financial Planner, founder and owner of Menninger & Associates Financial Planning. Um, as you know with my show, I always like to have an educational experience. I hope to make it as uh, entertaining as possible. And we typically will interview guests who are either industry experts, corporate executives, or uh, other people that would bring value to the show, and hopefully it's something that will benefit the viewer. Uh, I am really pleased to, to have as a guest today Randy Crabtree, who is a CPA. Uh, he is one of the founders and co-owner of Tri-State Specialty Tax Professionals. Um, Randy gave me a bio, and I tell you, I hate doing this because I, I don't like to read off it, but my goodness, Randy has so many cool things that he's done uh, that I'm going to have to break my own personal rules and, and do it. So he's an author. He does a lot of lectures he, and does a lot of podcasts. And my understanding is that um, the, 10%, the top 10% of most popular uh, programs out there uh, regularly presents to conferences. And he's what I refer to as the CPA's CPA. Okay, in other words, what Randy does and what Randy's firm does is not so much what you think of with most CPA firms of public accounting, working with the corporations. They actually serve, which I think is really cool, as consultants to the CPA firms. So uh, the other thing that Randy has done, which is kind of on the cool personal side, number one is that... Uh, a bottler of craft beer, you're a maker and bottler of craft beer, and also established his own 501c3 organization for surviving stroke victims. So with no further ado, Randy, I really look forward to, you and I have had um, the, the opportunity to chat a couple times for half an hour to an hour each time. Uh, I enjoyed it both times, and I'm looking forward to today. So thank you very much for joining us today. Welcome. Well, Mike, thank you. I appreciate it. We've had some fun conversations in the past. I expect the same thing here today. So I, I extremely appreciate you having me on the show. Well, good. I Just as much I enjoy having you on the show. So uh, tell me a little bit more. Uh, start with the company that you are the founder of, Trimerit. Uh, tell me a little bit about what your company, what your company does, and then you can kind of take it down to what you do. Sure, sure. So, so Trimerit is a company that I co-founded with uh, my partner Andy Lane, 15 years ago. It's time's flying. Uh, 15 years ago, we started this firm, which is specialty tax. I'm I am a CPA. I came out of public accounting. I was actually managing partner of a traditional CPA firm prior to starting Trimerit, but. 15 years ago, about 16 years ago, saw this opportunity, a need in the industry for, for a firm to attack. Um, at the time, it was only R&D tax credits we were working on. Now we have six different credits and incentives that we support CPA firms with. But to attack the R&D tax credit like a professional services firm would want them looked at, you know, Fully quantified, fully documented, fully supported. Not you know, you know, not not taking a credit that we couldn't defend. So we're all about helping the CPA and their client save money through credits and incentives, and and, and that's uh, we're we're at this point we've grown to a national firm, and it's been a it's been a fun run. Tell me what you mean by an R and D credit. It's research and development, right? 
Yeah, I, I guess I should uh, uh, remember that not everybody's dealing with R&D tax credits all the time. But yeah, it's re the, what we started the firm as was solely a research and development tax credit firm. And so what we would do is go and look at a taxpayer to see if they could qualify. Typically, the taxpayers that qualify for research and development are manufacturers, software developers, architects, engineers. Those are the four main clients. And what we would do is we go in, we analyze the projects that they're working on. If those projects meet a four-part test that qualifies for the credit, then we would document it and, and uh, you know quantify it and document it and get that information to the CPA, who then would put it on the tax return and finalize the tax saving opportunity through that. But yeah, research and development tax credits. Well, the good news by the sound of what you're talking about is that, like I said, you're the, the CPA CPA, whereby they hire you as the expert in a particular field and you're going in there and you're not stepping on the toes of the CPA, nor are you taking the client or the, take the client away from the CPA. You're really serving as a consultant to the CPA, sounds like, right? We are, we, our contract ends up being with the taxpayer, with their client, but the CP, we, are, we are so specialized and the, the, the parts of the tax code we deal with are so intricate that you have to have this really deep knowledge and not every CPA firm can hire, let's say engineers, a lot of our employees are engineers. They're just not going to do it. But an engineer can go in and look at a manufacturing setting, analyze those projects, live that before. They've been in manufacturing. They've seen engineering. They've seen what they're doing. So we can go in and we can analyze that. So the CPA looks at us as a an, an outsourced partner to do this small part of the tax return just because it is so intricate. But, yeah, we don't want to compete with the CPA from day one. From day one, we had a decision to make. Do we go direct to taxpayers and sell, let's say, tax services to somebody else's client, which is what we're doing? We're not going to do the tax return, right. but we still are, are really doing tax services. Or do we, in education, we could probably talk about, or do we go to the CPA, educate them on the clients that qualify, and then support them through that by them then being able to bring us in to do the work and then get them information. So from day one, it, the, the decision wasn't tough for me. It was, let's go to the CPA, let's support the CPA, let's help them be able to be the hero in this whole situation. I don't want the credit. I want the CPA to be the one that identifies the opportunity and then brings this tax saving opportunity to the taxpayer. I'm just there to support the CPA. It just seemed like a much better opportunity for us. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, you know, I'm a CFP, not a CPA. And it sounds to me like it, it, we do a lot of the same thing. Uh, I do tax planning. And I'm yep. not saying that the CPAs don't do tax planning, but we provide support to the CPAs because the tax planning that we do, I don't want to touch a tax return. I have no interest in touching the tax return. I don't have the software to do it. I don't want to do it, okay? But the, the, the value add that we provide is that um, we view tax planning through a different lens because mm -hmm. we're thinking of financial planning and retirement planning, estate planning, and not f from a different lens than the, than the tax guys. So you're probably doing a lot of the same thing. You're adding value to what they do. Oh yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's a, we're bringing goodwill 
to their to them in general too because everything we do like you you are generating revenue or generating income uh, for a taxpayer by you know investments and, and whatever planning opportunities you have we're bringing money back into that taxpayer through tax saving opportunities but then the the cpa firm is getting that goodwill because they really are the ones that brought us in absolutely not only that you're if you do it right which i assume you do because you're success, successful is that you actually make the CPA look good by bringing you in. It's actually a philosophy of ours. We talk about it all the time. The CPA is the hero in this situation, not us. Right, exactly, exactly. So yeah. I know one of the things in your bio, it talks about niche and niche marketing, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I am a firm believer in that as well because you don't have to be good at everything, but if you're really good at one thing, people are gonna seek you out. Yeah, that's that's so when I was in public accounting, when I was managing partner of our firm, I was proud to be a generalist, which means that I worked on every type of client, you know, every type of tax situation, but was never going to be an expert at everything. You just can't. The tax code is way too big. But I enjoyed that or looking back, thought I enjoyed that when I got burnt out and, and left public <laughs> accounting and, and started the uh, tri-merit. Becoming that niche, I mean, I've had the time of my life for the last 15 years because becoming that niche expert, I can dig so deep into these small sections of the tax code. I don't need to know this, you know, 10,000 page manual. I don't even know how many pages, but 10,000 right. page manual anymore. I get to break it down into, I got this 20 page of section of the tax code. I got this 50 page section of the right. tax code. I can become an expert on that. And then once you are that expert, like you were just saying, all of a sudden, you share that knowledge. You start educating people on what this code is, what the benefits are, who the clients are they that can help, and what the potential savings are. And you start going out and sharing your knowledge and educating. I mean, you're all of a sudden the go-to. Oh, yeah, Randy knows that. Trimerit knows that. We should reach out to them. They've been so good at helping us throughout the years. And so building this niche practice and then, and then being able to bring that niche expertise to the CPA has just been an unbelievable ride. It, you know what's amazing? And, and only just now am I realizing how parallel you and I yeah. are, your firm yeah. and my firm, because you know, we know enough about taxes to be dangerous, to at least, you gotta be knowledgeable enough in the tax code, but I don't need to know whatever you said, 10,000 or 18,000, doesn't matter how many pages there are, there are a whole lot more than I care to know about. But if right. you know your little wedge, you know, as you refer to the 20 pages or 50 pages, you know, you become an expert at those. And yep. it's remarkable how the more you practice it, the more you become an expert at it. Yeah, I have a great example, and I just wrote an article on this, um, using niche to increase your advisory services because again you become that expert so i have a, a cpa locally i'm in the chicago area i have a cpa locally who's built his practice on being the cpa to craft breweries and so he is really really, really niche that's half his business the other is digital digital agencies but he's got two niches and so he can become that he could go talk at craft brewery conferences, he can be on Twitter, at, you know, showing his education, his knowledge on craft breweries. He can be out there constantly being able to, like I was saying before, share that information. And he's built this unbelievable practice where his client base is 
half craft breweries. That's digging deep into a niche. But once you do that, you're the expert and you're the go-to. And every his clients, even though he's in Chicago, his clients are around the world because right. they understand he's the niche expert. Absolutely. So did you say that's somebody within your firm or another accountant or CPA that another, you work with? Another CPA I know locally here in Chicago. Um, his name is Josh Lance. I'll put a plug in for him. There you go. And, go, Josh. <laughs> yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, you know, I, I've always said that. I mean, that's having a niche is a wonderful thing. And, and in an ideal world, how I'm also trying to build my firm is to be able to have a group of niche people within the firm whereby somebody's really good at, let's say, college planning and somebody's really good at specifically the retirement planning, somebody's good at the estate planning. And by no means are we here to replace accountants, to replace estate attorneys. We're here to supplement them because I've always been a believer that two heads are better than one. Yep, and you, you already said it, but we have the same philosophy on that as well because we have six different service offerings. We don't, we don't cross uh, use project managers on any of those. The R&D people stay in R&D. The employee retention credit people stay in employee retention credit. The, uh, the cost segregation, the, all their services are the experts in that area. Now, they may identify, hey, we were just out here working and there was an R&D opportunity when we were looking at cost seg. Well, yeah, they're going to be able to show that and then they'll bring that to the, our other team. But yes, we want to be the expert in that one area for that one individual within our firm and then the other individuals do other services. So yeah. You and I might be clones of each other. We are just different, different <laughs> types of clones. Uh, we're the we're the same but different. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, we've wrapped up already our first segment, um, so we're going to take a short break here, and we'll pick right up where we left off. So stay tuned. We'll be back with you in just a few moments. Have you saved enough for retirement? Are you financially prepared for an emergency or unexpected event? Have you thought about your financial future? Hi, I'm Mike Menninger, founder of Menninger & Associates Financial Planning. For over 20 years, we have been answering our clients' questions just like these as we develop unique and comprehensive financial plans tailored to meet their needs. When addressing your financial plan, we incorporate your entire financial picture, including taxes, estate planning, as well as investment planning and retirement planning. So call us today for a complimentary no obligation consultation. A unique approach to financial planning. Welcome back to Financial Planning Explained, and I'm your host, Mike Menninger, Certified Financial Planner. Uh, pleased to still have with me Randy Crabtree, uh, CPA, owner of Tri-State, uh, was it Tri-Merit Tri Specialty Tax Professionals. I apologize for blowing it like that. But anyway, it's always a fascinating conversation. Where we left off the first segment was the whole idea of having niches. And so I'd like to pick up and then pivot from there. So one of the things that you had said you do is you educate, and that has gotten you a little bit away from being the CPA and doing and now being an educator. Share that with me, please. Yeah, so so when we started Trimerit, and, and that you, Tri-State, you can call us whatever you want. <laughs> I'm sorry, I apologize for that. that. But, uh, Don't but, I feel but, like a dope? <laughs> technically, Trimerit. Well, so when we started that, 
almost by default, because there was two of us, this was 15 years ago, I became managing partner because I was managing partner of the CPA firm that I had before, you know, merging that in with another and starting Trimerit. And so, but at the same time of managing the firm, I was always about educating. Once I, once I realized that being this niche expert was so much fun, I wanted to go out and share that knowledge. So I was out always educating, but at the same time trying to manage the firm. And honestly, after, after 10 years of that, I realized I'm really not very good at managing the firm and I don't have passion for that. It's just not something I enjoyed. It just felt like it was something I should do. But I also, I also looking back at the time, looked at that as my identity. I didn't even realize this, but that my identity was I'm managing partner of this. At the time we had grown to a pretty nice size firm and that's my identity, managing partner. It took me a while to realize that's not my identity. And then when I had to do this whole self-evaluation, I looked at myself, I'm like, really, what do I like doing? And, and, and as a side note, this whole self-evaluation was caused because I had a stroke eight years ago, and I really, really looked at what I was doing internally and, and what do I like doing, what don't I like doing, and it just made me look at things different. I'm very fortunate to have been fully recovered, um, but... It was a it was a, a moment in my life where I had to reanalyze what I like doing, and I realized I like the education. I like going out and I like talking to individuals about what we do, about how they can help their clients. And so, after you know, three years after the stroke, and then and then my partner basically begging to take over managing partner role and be resisting a little, I realized he's completely right. He should. He has his passions are the the processes and the procedures and the running and the analysis and the kpis and all that that stuff bores me <sighs> um, um, uh, and it just took me a long time to realize that but once i realized it going out and educating talking speaking at conferences writing articles being a guest on tv shows being a guest on podcast hosting a podcast um that's what I enjoyed. And then really, I just turned that into my job five years ago. That's really all I do at this point. And I'm having the time of my life. And, and honestly, in that transition from me being, and I'll say it, a bad managing partner, I probably was, to him being a great managing partner and me being great, and uh, now that my ego's showing through, but me being great at what I do now, being out just, just talking with people, um, we are... In that five-year period, we've gone up about 800%. So wow. we've had some very significant growth. So See, that's it, what it happens really when they get rid of you as the manager. To, to do that self-analysis. I did it late in life, but I'm glad I did. You know, I, the more I talk to you, Randy, the parallels are just absolutely amazing. The only <laughs> thing that I would say is there are certain aspects of the business that I really do enjoy managing. I certainly yep. love all the numbers and playing around with that and everything else like that. But... I can't begin to tell you how much I enjoy the teaching. And, and when this uh, TV show opportunity came about, it was scary at first, pretty cool. Actually, one of my aspirations are to have a live TV show, uh, kind of like the Susie Orman of this world, to be able to field questions that are financial planning and uh, et cetera for people calling in. But I love doing the seminars. And interestingly, one of my earlier seminars which scared the daylights out of me the most nerve-wracking seminar i had ever done was tax planning to a group of 50 cpas and i'm not a cpa so if you don't think that can be nerve-wracking going into it uh trust me when i tell you my heart was pounding but it turned out to be 
one of the most fun that I ever had because I found it to be enjoyable that the, the audience was as knowledgeable as they were and as they were asking me questions or even tacking on to what I was talking about, it, it, it made me flow even more. So are most of your presentations to the CPAs or do you get groups of industry, like do you go to like the, the manufacturing uh, trade show, if you will, and you're a keynote speaker for that or, or almost all of your things with the CPAs? Yeah, it's majority CPAs, but I do speak at manufacturing events. I've spoken at craft brewery events. I've spoken at uh, 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 engineering and, and uh, um, architecture events. So I've done a lot of that as well, but I'm going to guess it's 90% uh, CPA audience and 10% industry. And, and we're going to change that. We're, we're starting just because we have so many opportunities. Uh, we're going out and, and getting in front of the industry conferences as well. But by the way, as a side note, yes. I can see some distinct advantages to speaking at the craft brewery events. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you do sampling while you're it's there? It's fun for one. Uh, yeah. Do you get to do a lot of sampling while you're there? You you get to do a lot of sampling. <laughs> yes, that, that, that's a, a, a good side benefit. I, I enjoy craft beer. Our, our bar in Chicago that I'm very fortunate to be a partner in is oh neat is is commonly named one of the top craft beer bars in the world. So oh excellent. I, I'm spoiled already, um, but the the events have been fun as well. Well, one thing you had pointed out there that was dead on was um, you you have a second wind when you're doing what you like. And it, it's clear, I actually learned this back in college, is you do well in the subjects that you enjoy and you do poorly in the subjects that you don't enjoy. And, you know, it's like pulling teeth while chewing on aluminum foil when you're trying to do something you don't enjoy. And so this is my second career. And it's, it's beautiful in your case that you are finding a new thing to do because it provides a revival so that all of a sudden, instead of uh, you know, being burned out in a career after 30 or 40 years, you're really starting fresh and doing stuff you enjoy. And, and you're almost shamed to be being paid to do what you do when you love it so much. I, I agree. I honestly, when we made this change the five years ago, I I thought, I wasn't sure how it was going to go for sure. And I should have known it was going to go well. But but I thought, eh, I got three years left in me and then, you know, then I'm going to be done. Uh, that's five years. So I've gone past that by two. I can't imagine stopping what I'm doing. I just can't imagine it. It, it is just, I am having the time of my life. And, and like you said, I, I feel guilty that I get paid for it too because yeah. it's so much fun. Well, not, not too guilty, but you know, <laughs> it's certainly the money, part. the money part's good. Well, you know, and so so we dealing with you know, you deal more with corporations. I deal more with individuals who may be right. owners of corporations. But yep. you know, I can't begin to tell you the value of enjoying what you do, and you know, and how people as they get older don't enjoy what they're doing anymore. And I look at people my age, our age, and I was like, wow, my goodness, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to have a job and a career that I absolutely love. And I don't know if you get the same thing out of the CPA side, but I know that I, I have a very fulfilling career. I'm helping people. And I think that's yeah. terrific. 
Agree. One of the biggest things that we've uh, started working on the last year and a half is the employee retention credit. It's you know in response to the pandemic, you know, it's for businesses that were affected. And one of the very first clients we helped was a, a nonprofit that was helping children with autism, and they were just hemorrhaging money and being able to see the, the, the help that putting this money back into the business did for them uh, when we were able to get this employee retention credit for them, it's just so fulfilling. That's great. Let me ask you a question though. When you do your speaking engagements, is it purely on the accounting tax credit side or do you also lecture and talk about the whole idea of shifting in career type thing? I have done the shifting in career. I, I have one that's coming up at the end of the month I get to sp speak on. I'm doing more of that. I've been speaking on uh, mental health issues a little bit more lately too, which I enjoy. I'm starting to speak on just for CPAs, developing an advisory service, which is kind of what we are, we're advisory, but, but that's a key uh, topic within public accounting. So I've started to speak on that. So it, it's really cool that I get to branch out into other areas now as well, not just specialty tax. You know, it's, 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 it's refreshing to do and yep. it keeps you going. And as long as you're doing something you like, it's not considered work. And you know, I can't begin to, to share with you more. Uh, you know, I, wa I wanted to talk to you about uh, the, the 501c3 about the stroke survivors, but unfortunately, we're out of time, if you can believe that already. Um, you know, Randy, I, I wanna remain friends with you because I, I didn't realize until this episode how similar we are in our thought processes and how we do things and how we think about things. I, I just think it's fantastic. But you know, for the sake of the viewers, I think the value of what not Tri-State, but Tri-Merit, <laughs> I, I know a Tri-State financial and it drives me crazy. But um, I would encourage, tell me a little bit how people, obviously we could see it up on the screen, but for those who are just listening only, how people might be able to get a hold of you and your firm. Yeah, so the best part uh, place to start would be our website, which is try, T-R-I, dash, and you see it on the screen, the dash, M-E-R-I-T, dot com, so trimerit.com. Uh, on there, my contact information, I think there's a, a meet the team section. You can see my contact information. LinkedIn's always a great place. I've been spending a lot of time on LinkedIn. Actually increasing my uh, Twitter uh, uh, presence a little bit lately, so I'll be on Twitter as well. Um, so, but really, website's the best place to start. That's good. Well, you know what, Randy? This has been an absolute pleasure of mine to have you as a guest on my show. Um, I think it's really cool stuff that you do, but on the personal side, what you do I think is really fun and enjoyable, and I think that's great. And it sounds like you bring a tremendous value to the table, and I know I came across a situation where there were some of those credits that you're referencing. Had I knew you existed at the time, you would have had a potential referral for me, but I will certainly keep you in mind. And if there are any CPAs watching the show, I certainly would hope that uh, you look at this as well. So Randy, thank you very much again for being a guest on my show. And yeah, I, I look forward yeah. to chatting with you and being friends. I wanna learn more about some of the other things that you do. And for the viewers, uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Again, my name is Mike Menninger, Certified Financial Planner, Owner and Founder of Menninger & Associates Financial Planning, and this is my show, Financial Planning Explained. Uh, thank you for tuning in, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you.